Today's episode of A New Beginning is brought to you by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn more at harvest.org. And while you're there, browse our library of free ebooks designed to help you grow in your faith. If you don't want to live in anxiety, fear, and worry, put the matter in God's hands. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that God invites us to cast our cares on Him. He's more than capable of handling them, and He assures us that He cares. So at night when you're going to bed, you say, well, Lord, here's this problem, here's that problem, and there's five more. Here you go. I'm going to sleep. I'll talk to you in the morning. That's exactly what you should do. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Worry can burn through our minds like a forest fire. It consumes our sense of peace and well-being, our emotional equilibrium and passion, our entire outlook on the day. What extinguishes that fire that tries to burn through our serenity? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie answers that question. We'll see prayer can keep us from worry, but we have to have perseverance because worry can keep us from prayer. Glad you're along today for a practical study. Why don't you grab your Bibles and turn to two passages today. They're going to be Matthew chapter 6 and Philippians chapter 4. Matthew 6, Philippians 4. This is part three of a three-part series that we're calling God's Answer to Fear, Worry, and Anxiety. You know, worry does not make life longer. It just makes it more miserable. Worry does not make life longer. It just makes it more miserable. And I would add this. Worry does not resolve problems. It simply creates new ones. Matthew 6. Look at verse 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? How many of you through worry and anxiety can extend the length of your life? Answer. No one. In fact, worry may actually shorten your life or at least make it more miserable. I have a friend who's a doctor who heard my message last Sunday and came up to me and said, you know, Greg, you were talking about how medical scientists and others have said that worry and anxiety can shorten your life. And he said, there's actually a condition for that and it's called broken heart syndrome. And I'd never heard about that before. And it's also known as octopus heart, of all things because it affects the shape of the heart. What happens is sudden bad news can cause fear, fright, or anxiety. It takes hold of you and the tip of your heart enlarges immediately and it results in chest pain, depression, heart failure, and even death. So sudden bad news, maybe the sudden death of a loved one, maybe a car accident, maybe some other traumatic event, that happened to you. Interestingly, I read that one of the things that can also cause this is public speaking. So for some, it it could be a terrifying thing. But whatever it is that frightens you, it, it overwhelms you at that very moment. And so worry does not lengthen your life. It can actually shorten your life. 
Worry is an indication of a lack of faith. Look here at Matthew chapter 6 verse 30. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Notice Jesus did not say you have no faith. He said you have little faith. And because some are weak spiritually or have little faith, they're prone to worry and anxiety. They're always stressed out. They're always worried. They're always defeated. They're sort of like those little chihuahuas. Have you ever seen a chill chihuahua? They're always shaking, 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 you know. They're just perpetually nervous. Why? Because they know I just look like a rat. <laughs> and no one loves me. They even know cats are better than me. I'm like, I don't know. Always shaking. But some people are that way, aren't they? Oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And what if that happens after this happens? And, and they work themselves up into these frenzies. And you can control that. You don't have to live that way. It's because your faith is small. So make your faith big. Make your faith stronger. You say, well, how do you do that? You grow in faith by what you're doing right now. Studying and believing the Word of God. Your faith grows by hearing God's Word and acting on it. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When I listen to God's Word, it puts everything in perspective. I see God for who He is. I see life with all of its challenges for what it is. I see everything as I ought to see it. Okay, so don't worry. I got that. What should I do instead of worry? Trade your worry for worship. Put God and His Word first in your life. Now here's a very familiar verse. Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Well what does that mean? To seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. To seek first means to seek it principally above everything else. Give it priority. Have you ever lost something? Let me put it another way. Have you misplaced your cell phone? That's kind of a big deal, isn't it? So the other day uh, I was driving with my wife. I said, where's my cell phone? She said, I don't know. I said, for that matter, where's my wallet? Oh no, I've lost my cell phone and my wallet. Well, we called my wallet, which I can do because I have a little device in it called a tile. And by the way, I'm gonna try to attach it to my brain later. I'm, but anyway, my tile's battery is low, so it wasn't working. So we said, well, let's try to find the phone. So we used the find my phone feature. And boy, sure enough, boom, it just showed up at a certain spot. So we're driving along. It's along the road, like uh, almost a highway. And we're driving along. Kathy says, it's a little further. It's a little further. Stop right now. Look. And there it was. It had bounced a few times. My phone right next to it, my wallet with my credit cards laying on the ground. We scooped them all up, gave thanks to God, and, uh, and, and on we went. But you know, we sought it out. We, you know, we were gonna find it no matter what. And this is the idea, put God's kingdom first. Don't give up on this. Seek it above all things. Listen, if you don't wanna live in anxiety, fear and worry, put the matter in God's hands. I like what Martin Luther said, quote, 
pray and let God worry. That's good, isn't it? Do you think God worries? I don't. So at night when you're going to bed, you say, well, Lord, here's this problem, here's that problem, and there's five more. Here you go. I'm going to sleep. I'll talk to you in the morning. That's exactly what you should do. It's in God's hands. Place it in God's hands. See, often we turn to people for help and we forget that we need to turn to the Lord for help. Now notice this. Paul says that we should turn these things over to God because He is in control and He is the one that wants to help us with these issues. Now let's flip over to Philippians chapter four. And our next point is Turn your panic into prayer. Turn your panic into prayer so the next time you're tempted to worry, pray instead. Look at Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, maybe underline that, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So you put it in God's hands. Notice he says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. He doesn't say, in only the big scary things. He says in everything. So because guess what? Little things become big things. How many of you have children? Raise your hand up. How many of you have children under the age of eight? Raise your hand up. How many of you have children over the age of 12? Raise your hand up. Okay, you guys really need to be praying a lot right now. <laughs> you know, when you have a teenager or a young adult, a lot of new problems develop. They face a lot of temptations, a lot of challenges, and you do as well as a parent. Let me say a word to you parents of younger children. Start praying for your children when they're small. Because one day when they're older, you will have laid a foundation in their life. Pray for them when they're young. And they'll pray for them when they're older. Pray for little things. Pray for big things. Pray for everything. The Bible says, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Notice he says thanksgiving. We need to spend more time in our prayer in thanksgiving. And maybe not as much in petition. I'm not suggesting you not pray for things. What I'm saying is spend time giving glory to God first. It might even affect the things you pray for after. In fact, I'm sure it will. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. Hey everybody, Greg Laurie here. You know, my uncle, Fred Jordan, had one of the first Christian TV programs out there. It was called Church in the Home. I remember watching it as a little boy when I was living with my grandparents. Well, we have Church in the Home for you every weekend. It's called Harvest at Home, and you can find it at harvest.org. We have worship and a message from God's Word. So join us this weekend for Harvest at Home at harvest.org. Now, Pastor Greg continues his message called God's Answer to Fear, Anxiety, and Worry, Part 3. Here's my last point. Replace thoughts of anxiety, worry, and panic with godly thoughts. Replace thoughts of anxiety, worry, and panic 
with godly thoughts. Look at Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just and pure and lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Listen. Maintaining personal peace involves both the heart and the mind. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Why do thoughts matter? Because what we think about ultimately affects what we do. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks, so is he. Guard your mind, people. Protect your mind. Think about what you're going to put in there. Think about this thing that I'm going to watch right now on Netflix. Think about this thing that I'm going to download and listen to. Think about this place I'm going to go. Think about this thing I'm about to do. Is this going to build me up or tear me down spiritually? Think about that thing that I'm going to put in my mind because it's going to affect me ultimately in my actions. And so we need to think about godly things more. And we need to think biblically. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Bring every thought into captivity of the obedience of Jesus Christ. Memorize Scripture. Fill your mind with the Word of God. And it will be there to strengthen you in your time of need. These promises are amazing. Everybody has trouble in life. The rain falls, the Bible says, on the just and the unjust. A non-believers have tragedies happen to them and tragedies happen to Christians as well. Christians get cancer. Christians die in automobile accidents. Christians lose loved ones unexpectedly. Christians face every kind of hardship. But here's the difference. The non-believer, what do they have to turn to? We have God to turn to. And He wants to hear our prayer and will help us in our time of need. It's so wonderful to know. My doctor friend who told me about that broken heart syndrome said, I was listening to your message today and I just thought I wish I could say to more of my patients, when bad news comes, when hardship comes, call out to God. See, that's what we can do. We can call out to God. Lord, here's my problem. It's bigger than me. I don't know what to do. It's scary. I'm afraid. But you're greater and you're bigger and you love me. So here it is. And I throw it right up to heaven. And he takes it from me. Because what did Jesus say? Come to me, all of you who are laboring and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants to take your problem. I don't know about you, but when I travel, I always overpack. And I don't like to check my luggage. I like to go carry on. Which means I am that obnoxious guy trying to cram my bag into the overhead of the plane, right? I always put too much in it. It's always a little too big. So sometimes if I'm walking along with some heavy bag and someone says, let me give you a hand with that, I'll say, well, thank you very much. <laughs> so here we are in life, pulling all these problems behind us, all of these burdens, and along comes Jesus and says, let me help you with that. Well, I can do it myself. Really? I'll carry the whole lot for you. Give it to them. What are you facing right now? What burden have you come in with today? 
What is troubling you? Something's concerning you. Some anxiety, some fear. Commit it to the Lord. And listen, if you're not a Christian, you need to be. Why? Because these promises are for believers only. Only the man or the woman who's put their faith in Jesus. You say, well, what does that even mean? I think I'm a Christian. I come from a Christian family. That doesn't make you a Christian. There has to be a moment in your life where you realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Let me put it another way. Talking about the beach. If you're out on the ocean and you're drowning and you see a lifeguard, you need to cry out for help. And Jesus is ready to rescue you. He's ready to save you. And I love the fact that the Bible uses the word saved a lot. By grace we've been saved through faith. Not of works lest any man should boast. Saved. That's what God wants to do. He wants to save you from your sins. Forgive you of all the awful things you've done. And wipe your slate clean. And give you a fresh life. A new life. But you must come to Him. And admit your sin. And be sorry for it. And then put your faith in Jesus. And throw all of your burdens on Him. I'll close with this. I remember as a young man when I came to Christ. I was 17 years old. This was 10 years ago. <laughs> and a few more years. Um, I went forward at a meeting and I prayed a prayer with Christians and asked Jesus into my life. I really didn't know what I was doing. But I do remember this very distinctly. I remember I felt as though a huge weight had been lifted off of me. Now what kind of a weight could a 17 year old be carrying? Well I guess a pretty heavy one. Because it was like lifted off of me. It was my guilt. It was my sin. It was all the things that I'd done wrong that I guess I'd grown so accustomed to. I didn't even know it was there. I just carried it around every day. That weight of sin. And when I prayed it was like relief. The pressure was lifted. The sin was removed. And God can do that for you today. Jesus died on that cross and he rose again from the dead. And he stands now at the door of your life and he knocks. And if you will hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. Do you need Jesus in your life? In a moment we're going to pray and I'll extend an invitation for anyone here that wants their sin forgiven. That wants the burdens of life lifted. That wants a fresh start. It can happen for you right here, right now. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Father, Speak to every person here and every person that is watching and listening wherever they are. Show them their need for Jesus and help them to come to you and believe today we pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer about coming to the Lord to find forgiveness of sins. And if you'd like to do that, Pastor Greg will help you in just a moment before today's edition of A New Beginning concludes. Well, we're making a new book available that's just fascinating called The Jesus Music. It talks about the rise of contemporary Christian music and how it wasn't always smooth sailing. Some in the church opposed it. But I found it fascinating, Pastor Greg, that at one point, Billy Graham wanted to make the music in his crusades more contemporary and yeah. invited Michael W. Smith and D.C. Talk yes. to be his music guests at a youth event. Yeah. 
And Billy was in his 70s at the time. Yeah. Fascinating story. Yeah. Billy was always a, a person who was willing to take risks for the kingdom of God. So going back a few years, when Jesus music was just exploding, there was an event in Texas called Explo 72. It was described as a religious Woodstock. So eighty to 100,000 young people, or really people of all ages, gathered there in Texas, and, and artists like Love Song and Larry Norman and Johnny Cash uh, performed before thousands of people, and Billy Graham spoke. So it was sort of like the seal of approval from the leader of evangelicalism at that time, Billy Graham. Okay, now fast forward many years. Billy has been doing his crusades, and he wants to reach younger people. So the idea came of let's put Christian music that's contemporary on the stage. I can tell you not everyone supported the idea. I know because I was there. It became a little bit of a debate among the members of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association Board of Directors because I've been on that board for 25 years. Some opposed it. I stuck up for it and said, this is a great idea. This will reach more young people. And indeed, it did. But I have to tell you, Dave, I was at one of those concerts and Michael W. Smith played and DC Talk played and the young people loved it. But when Billy Graham walked out, he got the greatest ovation of the night. And uh, this was just his willingness to do whatever he could to bridge the gap and reaching culture with the gospel. So this music has played a significant role in the church for the last 50 years. But Mm -hmm. I bet a lot of you do not know the origin story. You don't know how it got started. You don't know who were the sort of pioneers of this music and now turning into the music you love today on the many Christian stations around the United States and indeed the world. So there's this brand new book out called The Jesus Music, written by my friend Marshall Terrell. I've written three other books with Marshall. He's an excellent writer, a great researcher, and you're going to learn a lot. And I think this book is going to be a blessing to you. And frankly, you would pay a lot for this hardcover book with glossy pages and photographs and stories of these artists through the years, but we're going to give it to you for your gift of any size. So whatever you send to us, we will send you this book, The Jesus Music, in return. But I'm going to encourage you to be generous, because whatever you send us will be used to get the gospel out and to teach the Word of God. So thanks in advance for whatever you can do, and let us send you a copy of this new book, The Jesus Music. Yeah, you know, we wouldn't be able to bring you these studies each day without the support of listeners like you. We have no other way to cover the costs of broadcasting other than the generosity of those who listen. So thank you so much for your investment. And with your generous donation today, be sure to ask for The Jesus Music. We'll send it right out. You can write us at A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call one 800 821 3300. We can take your call anytime around the clock. That's 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org. And then before we go any further, Pastor Greg wants to help you make a change in your relationship with the Lord today. Listen, if you would like Jesus Christ to come into your life right now, if you would like your sin forgiven, if you would like a new start in life, I'd like to lead you in a prayer 
where you would ask for God's forgiveness. So I'm going to ask you to just stop what you're doing right now and bow your head and pray this prayer with me if you want to make a commitment, a recommitment to Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I know that I'm a sinner. And I thank you for dying on that cross for my sin and paying the price for it and rising again from the dead. I turn from that sin now, and I make a choice to follow you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for calling me and forgiving me and receiving me and loving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And listen, if you have just prayed that prayer with Pastor Greg and have made a commitment to the Lord just now, well, we'd like to help you. We'd like to send you our New Believers Growth Packet to help you get started living for the Lord. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us. You can write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call 1-800-821-3300. Call anytime. We're here 24-7. Again, dial 1-800-821-3300. And you can even make the arrangements online when you go to harvest.org and click on Know God. Well, next time, Pastor Greg brings an encouraging message called The Refreshing Power of Prayer. Good insight on the privilege we have of bringing our needs and concerns to the Lord. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher Greg Laurie. Thanks for listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Sign up for daily devotions and learn how to become a Harvest Partner at harvest.org.